discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God has not changed. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is, that is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we give you glory, we give you praise. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who leads and guides us. Thank you so much, Lord, that these words are not just mere words, but they are words from you that transform and transfigure our lives. That gives us a better perspective concerning you. Thank you so much, Lord, that these words penetrate into our hearts and cause us to produce results on every sphere of our lives, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. So I've been sharing concerning the knowledge of our Lord, isn't it? In Philippians. Getting to know the Lord some more. Is it true? The last time I stood here, that was what I spoke about. I hope you remember. In Philippians chapter 3, from verse 7, it says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That I may what? Win Christ. Go to the next verse. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 10. That I may know him. Say that I may know him. Tell anybody that I may know him. Okay. Then he says, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. I want us to read the Amplified of that particular verse. Verse 10. For my determined purpose. Paul said, this is my determined purpose. This is my determined purpose. And the last time we are trying to explain what the word determined meant. It meant a decision that is unwavering. One that will not change irrespective of what circumstances are around you. For my determined purpose is this, is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Hallelujah. The day, the day you received Christ, he came into you, he brought his life into you, and that marked the beginning of a certain relationship that is expected, you expected to build, you expected to develop. We don't just stay and stay where we are. There's more to God. There's more to Christ. It's not on the level. The level upon which you are can be deeper. There's always something more. There are levels of the anointing. There are levels of, of grace. Grace can increase. The power of God in your life can increase. The rate at which you produce results can increase. Hallelujah. That is why he says, I pray for you that the communication of your faith, the sharing of your faith will become effective. You can be more effective. I don't know if you are, you are content with the level upon which you are. But there's always a higher level. 
There's always a higher level. There's always something that can happen. Something more than can happen. Hallelujah. There's no death to God. God does not have an end. There's no end to him. And Paul knew. And Paul said, this is my determined purpose. This is my number one reason for existence. My number one is to have knowledge, a certain kind of knowledge of my Lord. To have, the word knowledge there is epignosis. To have a certain intimate knowledge of my Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's very essential. See, it's for my determined purposes that I may know him. Then he explains that I may progressively become deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Hallelujah. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly. There's none like Jesus. The Holy Spirit came to make Jesus real to us. That is why the Holy Spirit is in our lives. We speak in tongues to get to know him some more. Tongue speaking has many uh, things that it can do for you. The Bible lets us know about so many things that it can do for you. But the primary thing that tongue speaking is supposed to do for you is to help you get to know your Lord some more. It's to help make his person real to you some more. It's to help for your love for him to increase. Hallelujah. And as your love for him increases, he shows himself to you some more. You see, in John chapter 14, verse 21, Jesus said that, He that keepeth my commandment is he that loveth me. That's what Jesus said. He didn't say, He that loveth me is the one who shares me on Facebook, or shares my picture on Facebook, or likes my picture on Facebook, or uh, puts, puts my picture on Instagram. But he says that, He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. The one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And what is the commandment of the Lord? He's not talking about the Ten Commandments. He's talking about just one commandment. Jesus said in John chapter 13, He says, A new commandment give I unto you. Hmm? Let's, let's look at it. John chapter 13. A new commandment give I unto you, that ye love one another, even as I have loved you. John 13 from verse 33. John chapter 13 from verse 33. Go to John 13, 33. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you sure? Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you. 34. A new commandment I give unto you. Tell me about a new commandment I give unto you. Now, Jesus said this before John chapter 14. This is John chapter 13, isn't it? So, John chapter 13 comes before John chapter 14, right? Doesn't make sense. He says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. That ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also that ye also love one another. Hallelujah. So the commandment of the Lord is love. In Matthew chapter twenty two, Jesus was asked the question by a certain man, What is the greatest commandment? And Jesus mentioned one. He said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. To love the Lord with all of your heart. That's the greatest commandment. Can you imagine? Let's look at it. Matthew chapter 22. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. From verse 36. Master, which is the greatest, the great commandment in the law? Which is the what? The great commandment in the law. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy, thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now, 
this is not written in the Ten Commandments. If you read in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, you will not see any of them there. You will not see this particular thing there. But Jesus picked something from between the lines. What all those five commandments that, was, that were Godward, what they meant. You know, the first five was Godward. It had to do with God. Okay, he says, Thou shalt have no other God apart from me. Thou shalt not use the name of the Lord in vain. All those things. The first five is Godward, the stored God. And the next five, the last five is manward, the stored man. That was when he's talking about, Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet another man's property. Thou shalt not kill. All those things has to do with other people. Hallelujah. So Jesus mentioned, he said that the, the, the greatest of the law, the greatest law that you can ever have in your life is the law of love. Hallelujah. He says, Jesus said unto, unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart. And with all your soul. All your soul. Do you understand that? Your heart is the center of your, your being. The word heart is cardia. It means the center of the centers of a man. You see, the heart is where thoughts and intents and intentions proceed. The heart is where life itself proceeds. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That is where your life proceeds from. Your, your heart is where Jesus said that when a man eats, okay, it goes into his stomach and comes out through the drought, or it comes out as poopoo. But what, so what a man eats is not what defiles him. It's what comes out of a man that defiles him. Then he mentions that for out of the heart proceed lasciviousness and covetousness and thoughts of evil. All those things proceed out of the heart. Hallelujah. The heart is what makes a man what he is. We are, we are spirit beings. We have souls. We live in bodies. But our hearts is actually where all these other things are connected to. Your spirit man is connected to your heart. Your soul is connected to your heart. If something will get into your spirit, it has to come through your heart into your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if something will show forth on the outside, show forth in your, in, your, in your life, around you, it has to come forth through your heart as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a message we shared on this some time ago. It's called meditation. A long time ago. You can get it and listen to it. Okay? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart. In other words, with all your being, with everything that is inside you. This is the greatest commandment. Can you imagine? Tell me, but this is the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God. With all your heart. Don't think that it is obsolete. This is not obsolete. This is not obsolete at all. This is the reason for the New Testament. This is what the New Testament is bound by. The only law that the New Testament is bound by, the new creation being, the new creation man is bound by is the law of love. Love is the law of the new creation man. The new creation man is not without law. He is with law. Paul mentioned that I, I, to, to the Jews I behave as, as a Jew. To the Gentiles I behave as one who is a Gentile. To the lawless I behave as one who is without law. Nevertheless, not without law to God. That's what Paul said. What law is that? The law of love. He's bound by the law of love. There's a law called the law of love. And that is the greatest law. That is the greatest commandment. That is the commandment that Jesus left us. You understand? Yeah. To love the Lord your God with all your heart. Everything that is in you. Your constant meditation, your constant communication is, is God. Is love. How much that should be. So Paul said, this is my determined purpose. This is, this, is what, this is what makes me. This is what causes me to exist and causes me to live. And causes me to be where I am. 
Do you see? I want to get to know him more. I want to become more acquainted with him. That is true Christianity. To become more acquainted with him. Because we are called into fellowship with him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9, it says that God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ. Do you see? God is faithful. Hallelujah. By whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ. We are called unto fellowship with him. We are called to share with him. We are called to participate with him. We are called to have intimacy with him. This is our primary calling. Every other thing is secondary. When you fulfill the first, there's a principle called, there's a law called the law of first, eh? proton. The first thing, when you attend to the first thing, every other thing answers to you. The reason why a lot of Christians are suffering is because they don't want to do the first thing. They want to do the hundredth thing, which is actually in the first thing. Hallelujah. So if you make it your business to love the Lord, this is your calling. This is our high calling. When Paul mentioned that I put all things behind, I forget about those things that are behind, and I press on toward the mark for the price of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. That price of the high calling in Christ Jesus is the high calling of love. To come to the place of, of love. Loving the Lord with all of your hearts. Of course, the Bible says that the love of Christ is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, isn't it? In Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Let's read it. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope make it no ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is, which is given unto us. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. So actually, the law of love is actually not a law, because it's something that is inside us. It's something that we have. We are love children of a love God. Do you see? We are born of love. We are children of love. We are sons and daughters of love, because out of love we came. For God so loved the world, that is why he gave his only begotten son. We came out of love. Okay? Now that we have come out of love, there's even a special love that the Father has, upon, has for us. You see, in First John chapter 3 verse 1, he says that what man of love, behold, what man of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. So God expresses his love towards us by calling us his sons. Hallelujah. But there's another special love. Okay? Some, some time ago, I was sharing along the same line. I don't remember the title of the message. And I was talking about three levels of love. I spoke about the, the fact that the first level is the level where God, the love that God has towards all men. He shows his love towards all men by giving his son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is in John 3.16, isn't it? For God so loved the world, that is why he gave. He loves the whole world. That is why he gave his only begotten son. So if you want to experience his love, if you want to experience his love, and you are in this world, the first point of his love is to receive his son as your, as your Lord and personal Savior. And when you, you receive him, and you receive eternal life into your spirit, you have actually received that love that he has for all humanity. And as soon as you receive that love, you, he gives you another, you are separated from every other person in the world. You now become a loved child of a loved God. You are waking to his, his fatherhood in your life. You, you become conscious of the fact that you have become a son. You have become a daughter of God. Hallelujah. And that is different. It's like having a man uh, having love for, for the people in the area. The love that he has for the people in the area is different from the love that he has for his own children. Is it true? Is it true? Yeah, yeah we, are, we are in the same estate, but uh, we, we love you. You are wonderful. But my children, if something should come between my children and you, you should know that I will choose my children. I will not choose you. It's, it's logic. Is it true? I will not choose you at all. You are not part of my thoughts. I will choose my child. In the same way, God has love for the whole world. 
But when it comes to those whom he really watches and those whom he really has his eye on, he says, I care about you watchfully and affectionately. Those he has his eye on are those who are born again. Amongst those who are born again, amongst his sons and daughters, there are those who love him. Do you understand? Just like having three children and your first child loves you with all of his heart. Wherever you go, he wants to go with you. Whatever you, he says you should do, you, 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 you say he should do, he will do it. Your second son is not like that. He doesn't mind you much. When you say do this for me, he doesn't mind you. He forgets about what you are talking about. The third son even snubs you. Who do you think you will leave your property with? Will you leave it for the, with the second one or the third one? The, the first one is definitely going to get it. So even though we are all sons of this particular man, it's the first son who is going to get all the property because he's the one who has loved. Yes, the father has expressed his love, but the first son has learned to return that love. That is the difference between Christians. They are those, we are all sons of God, we are all children of God, but there's not everybody who is returning the father's love. And that's what God wants us to do. That's, he says, this is the greatest commandment. Love me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and see what I'll be in your life. See what I'll do in your life. Just see what I'll do in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. There are people that God cannot do without. Do you understand? There are people God just can't do without. There are others that God can do without. There are people that God cannot do without. Since God cannot do without a cheerful prompt to, to do its giver, whose, whose heart is in his giving, he can't do without such a person. Someone who is conscious of him and conscious of his needs. This guy is conscious of the father's needs and is willing and ready to meet the father's needs. He's different. He's different from the one in First John chapter 3 verse 1. Behold what man of love the father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. That is powerful. But there are those who are returning his love. I want to be the one who returns his love. That is why Paul said, this is my determined purpose. This is my number one purpose in life. This is my number one purpose in life. I want to return his love. I don't want his love that he has shed upon me or shed in my heart be, be in vain. I want to love him. I want my vocabulary to be different. I won't talk as though God is not there. No. I'll make God personal in my life. I'll make things concerning God personal. I'll make myself the son who responds to the father's needs. That is what Paul said. Hallelujah. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. Different levels. They are not all the same. And even among those who are returning his love, there are those who return it in a certain way. There are those who are affectionate. They, they care about God. They have affection. They have emotional. They, have emotional, they, are, they are emotionally attached to God. You see. They are emotionally attached to God. I want to be emotionally attached to God. Paul says that for my determined purpose is that I may know him. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. It may not happen in a day, but I'm going to make sure it happens. I'm going to make sure I retain his love continuously. Every single day of my life. Every single moment of my life. I'll be conscious of him. I'll prove his love. I'll prove that his love that he has shed for me is not in vain. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's called the love of Christ. Okay? It's called the love of Christ. This is the commandment of the Lord. This is the law of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all your heart. So when Jesus was mentioning that particular verse in John chapter 14 verse 21. That he that has my commandments and keepeth them is he that loveth me. 
He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. What is the commandment? What is the commandment he's talking about? The commandment of love. Love towards who? Love towards God. Isn't it? And love towards humanity. Because if we read in, the, in Matthew chapter 22 once again, Jesus mentioned that, and the second is like unto it. Nobody asked him about the second. But he made us know that there's a second. There are two laws. The first one and the second one. The first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Then he says, and the second is like unto it. Thou, he says, love, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. As thyself. But Jesus actually explained it properly in, Matthew, in, in John chapter 13. Isn't it? Where he says that, love one another even as I have loved you. Even as what? I have loved you. How did Jesus love? He loved to the extent of shedding his life. Or giving his life. In other words, we must give our lives to make... Can you honestly and genuinely give your life for another person? Hallelujah. It's in you to do that. That ability is inside. It's inward. We must exercise ourselves towards that particular life. Okay? Hallelujah. He that has my commandments and keepeth them is he that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. Look at it. He it says that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and I will manifest myself unto him. This is different from every other person. Listen. How many of you know that Jesus Christ is in your, is in your life? Jesus is in your life. Jesus is the Lord of your life. Is it true? You are born again, isn't it? Christ is inside you. Christ is in you, isn't it? Christ is in you, the hope of glory. But Christ may not have mani- been manifested to you. Christ in you may not have been manifested to you. You may not know it. Even if it has, he has been manifested to you in a certain way, there's more. Like I said, there's no death to him. There's no conclusion to God. There's no conclusion to Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Says that one that loves me will have. I will, I will make sure I show myself to him. I will manifest myself to him. I will unveil things concerning myself to him. Moses knew God. How many of you know that Moses knew God? Moses knew God with all of his heart. He knew. The Bible says that Moses knew God's ways. The children of Israel knew the acts of God. Moses knew God into detail. But at the end of Moses' life, Moses made a request to God. I want to know you more. I want to see your face. That's what Moses said. After all that he had gotten to know about God, after spending 40 days and 40 nights on two different occasions with God, spending a lot of time with God, getting to know God in a certain way, he still said that, I want to know you more. How can he say that? How can Moses say that? Moses said that because he knew that there is no death to God. So how can you say that you finished knowing God? How can you say that you know Christ? You don't know Christ. You don't know who is in you. We don't have knowledge concerning who is in us. And all that we need to know is the one conce- knowledge concerning who, is, who it is that is in us. Do you understand? The mystery that was hidden before the ages began, the secret that was hidden, what God sought to do was to come and indwell us, to come and be in our, in our bodies, to exist in our spirits. We are joined to the Lord. We are one spirit with Him. We have become... His tabernacle. We have become his temples. Hallelujah. But we don't know it much. Our faith is not producing enough results because we don't know the one who is in us. The reason why you can cry about small problems, small things is because you don't know who is in you. 
The reason why little things in life, hey, because everything is little. He said that it's bigger than every other thing that you can think about. He's the one who said that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He says, greater is, I'm greater in you than he that is in the world. So why are you afraid of every other thing apart from being conscious of what I am in you? The more we know him, the smaller every other thing in this world becomes. The smaller the world becomes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this is the single most important thing that you can ever do in your life. To make that decision that I want to get to know God for myself. I want to get to know Jesus for myself. I want to read the Gospels, find out who this guy is. Who is he in me? What, does he, what is he doing in me? Does he have his power in me? Emphatically, yes. Paul prays. That's why, that's why Paul prayed those prayers. Is I pray that you may come to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work in you. That same power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That same power is working in me. Can you imagine that same power is working in you? Just think about it. The power that God exerted in raising. Do you know what it means to raise the dead? And keep the dead raised. Jesus brought people out of the dead. But that was resuscitation. All those that he brought back died. Lazarus, Mary and Martha's brother died again. He died again. Hallelujah. The widow whose son died. Okay. In a place called Nain. And was being tied to the grave. And had Jesus raising him back to life. Died once again. Elijah laid on, people, on someone. On the, on, on, on the woman's son. And raised him back to life. But that boy died again. Only one person died and rose, rose again. And didn't die again. Hallelujah. And even in his death he said that. I, I lay my life down. I decide to lay my life down. I lay it down and I take it back up. That's what Jesus said. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? That is, that is our primary object. That is the reason why we are all here. That is the reason why we are listening to the word of God. We want to know him some more. We want to prove his word. Prove his power. You see. We have to put his power to work in our lives. We have to prove his word some more. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The knowledge of the Lord is the primary thing in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to know him more. More of you. More of you. More of you. Jesus, more of you. Jesus, Hallelujah. That's the reason why we pray. We don't pray because we want something from Him. That's not the, we, we don't pray because we want something. If you make that the business of your life, praying when you want something from Him, you will suffer for a very long time. You will suffer for a very long time. You don't pray because you want something to happen in your life. That is there. But the wisest thing to do, the best thing, there's something to do first. To make him prime in your life. Primary. This is my objective. This is my goal. I want to know you more. I want you to become more real to me. The more real he becomes to you, <laughs> the problems will dissipate. They will vanish. They will all vanish. You wouldn't know where, this, where, where they went to. You see, Christ is the anointing of God. How many of you know that? 
Christ is the anointing. The word anointing is Christ. In the New Testament, the word translated anointing is actually Christ. Okay? Christ is the anointing. So the more you get to know him, the more you get to know the anointing. And the more you get to know the anointing, the more it works in your life. The more the anointing works in your life. All of us have the anointing residing in our spirit. We are anointed. We are anointed. Say, I'm anointed. anointed. Yeah, we are anointed. Says, but you have an unction from the Holy One. In First John chapter 2. Says, you have an unction from the Holy One. And you have no need that any man teach you anything. Says, the anointing abideth in you. Let's read it. First John chapter 2. Verse 20. 22. First John 2. Verse 20. It says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. The word unction is anointing. Then, in verse 27, I believe. Go to verse 27. It says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. There's an anointing that we have received of him. Okay? We have received the anointing of him. That anointing that we received is actually Christ. Christ in you. He says, This is the secret that was hidden. This is what everybody else was looking at, looking out for. We have it now. Hallelujah. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. He says, It abideth in you. It abideth in you. There's an anointing within. We have to get acquainted with that anointing some more. Our results will be different. God wants your results to be different. That is why he's sharing these things with you. He wants to show in your life that he, you are his child. He wants to boast about you. Don't you understand? He says, I, I, will, I, will I will make myself real to him. And when he makes himself real to you in a certain way, every other person will start following you. They will start coming. They will all come. The anointing attracts. Your business will start working in a certain way. Not because you have a certain kind of knowledge concerning business. But because there's something about you. There's something that cannot be explained. There's something that cannot be... We can't place our finger on it. But it's just working your life. Okay? It's just working your life. There's an effect of what is inside. You can't see the anointing. The anointing is not, it's not oil. The anointing is not a dove. The anointing is not a certain mantle. It's not a certain shirt. It's not a certain stick. The anointing is none of those. It's not in a certain candle. It's not in a certain cloth. Praying with a certain... It's not in any of those things. You cannot see the anointing with your physical eye. The anointing does not have a shape. It does not have a form. But the effects of the anointing, the effects, just like the wind, okay? You can't see the air with your, 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 your eye. You can't see the wind with your eye. You cannot see... Can you see the wind with your eye? You just know that the wind is blowing because of the effects of the wind. What the wind does. The effects of the wind is what shows you that, oh, the wind is blowing. You cannot see the wind with your eye. The effects of the wind. In the same way, the effects of the anointing. The, the anointing is the same as the grace of God. Don't you understand? Because the grace of God is God himself. The anointing of God is God himself. None of those things. We shouldn't be chasing all these other things and not chase the one who is, is in us. Or try and find the one who is in us. When I say chase, some people are thinking he's outside of you, so you have to chase him. I'm not, that's what I'm talking about. He's inside of you. I'm talking about getting to know him some more. Then his effect, the effect of his presence in your life just starts showing. The anointing produces acceptability. You cannot go for an interview and be bounced. It, 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 it can't happen. Because there's something working inside. As soon as you get there, you accept it. It produces acceptability. You see? 
It produces joy. You realize that your life is full of joy. You can't explain. There's, there's pressure all around, but you're full of joy. You're full of joy. It brings pleasure into your life. Pleasure. In my presence, there's fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Oh, hallelujah. Wow. John chapter 14 verse 21. Amplified. It says, The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. So this one is different. You see, this scripture is different from all the other ones that we know. It's different. This is personal. The language is different. This is the one who really loves me. Is the one who will keep my words. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and will show reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Real. I'll make myself real to him. Hallelujah. That I may know him. That I may know him. You have to get to know him. You know, sometimes you go to school, they teach you a certain course, and there's a certain equation that has every other equation in if you've done physics before, you know what I'm talking about. There's one equation that links the whole course. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Engineering. You can have engineering. It's in engineering. One course. It is the killer, it is the killer formula. The killer formula. The killer equation. If you know that equation, if you can keep that equation in your head, you can solve every other question that will come. This is the killer equation in Christianity. What I'm sharing with you now is the killer equation. You miss it, you suffer with every other equation. I want to know him more. That's why we read our Bibles. That is why we read our Bible. You see, that is why we read the Word. I read the Word not because I want to be able to solve some problems. I read the Word because I want to get to know him. Study it because I want to get to know him. The more and the more you see him, Smith Wigglesworth said something. You know, he died. He passed on some years ago. He said, "I am only satisfied with the dissatisfaction I have every time I am satisfied with the satisfaction of God." Do you, do you understand that? I am only satisfied. There's only one satisfaction I have in life. I am only satisfied with the dissatisfaction. That I experience or I have any time I am satisfied with the satisfaction of God. How many of you understand what I'm saying? There's, in other words, there's more to Him. The more I seek you, the more I find you. The more I find you, the more I love you. And the more I love you, the more I want to seek you some more. And the more I want to find you some more. It's, it's, it's a dynamo that never ceases. It goes round and round and round and round like that. He's everything. He's everything. Bible says that he, he has the preeminence. Jesus, he has the preeminence. For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. How can you find yourself and find who you are without getting to know him? The more you know him, the more you get to know who you are, really. He's the image that you see in that mirror. He's the glory of God that we are transfigured and transformed into. 
I want to talk like him. I want to think like he does. I have his mind, but I want it to be active. Don't you understand? The Bible mentions that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. That is the legal aspect. There's the experiential aspect. God wants you to have experience, an experience with his word. Okay? Hallelujah. How can you say you love somebody without any action? Love is also not seen until someone acts. How many of you think it's true? You say you are in love. No call. No text. No email. No Facebook like. I know people who, 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 have, who have booked up because when the lady posts a picture, the guy does not like it or share it. Why don't you share? Don't you want people to know that we are going up? Don't you want to let them know that we are beloved? Why are you trying to hide the relationship? You are shy of me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Why don't you call me in the morning? Love is not just words. It's not, it's not a mouth thing. It's not saying, I love you, I don't know what I'll do without you. That one is there. There's that emotion which is seen in your eyes. That really, some people have mastered the art of deception. They can deceive you even though it's seen in their eyes that they love you. It's like the love is in their eyes. They, they are speaking with you passionately and it's in their eyes, but they're actually lying. Oh yeah, how many of you know what I'm talking about? If a guy has broken your heart before, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, all that while he was doing all those things, he was telling you how much he loved you. You didn't know he was deceiving you like, like the serpent deceived Eve. Hallelujah. <laughs> you had no idea. Love is seen by actions. It's seen by your actions. It's seen by your actions. You love him. What shows that you love him? He says, the one who loves me will be specially loved by me. I will, I will shower my love on him differently. It's not the same. It's not the same. There are different levels. There are different levels. There are sons that some fathers will fight for. They will fight for them. They will fight for them. No matter what they've done, they will fight for them. Because they know what exists between the two of them. The other sons that they may not mind. They may not mind them. They may, they may do something, but not to the same extent as which they would do. I mean, what they would do for the other person. It's, it's different. Hallelujah. Christ in me. That glory will show the more you get to know him. Okay? So read about him. Study his word. Talk to him. These are the things that show that you love him. When you are talking to him. Sharing with him. Sharing your life with him. You see. And not allowing anything that will prevent you from getting to know him coming away. Hallelujah. There are things that can prevent you from getting to know the Lord. I don't know if I can share some with you. I want to help you. You know, it's good when you show the side and you show the other side too. Hallelujah. 
so you can have a clear understanding. When sometimes when some things are mentioned in the Bible, we don't really understand what it means. Okay, the Bible mentions that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spirits of wickedness or wicked spirits. Okay, then say stand therefore, having your loins get about with truth, breastplate of righteousness, and all those other things. He let he lets you know two sides. He says this is actually what is happening in another spirit. So to prevent this from happening, or to prevent these people from ha- having the upper hand over you. Do this. When you do this, you'll be fine. He shows us the two sides. Hallelujah. There are things that can make you barren in the knowledge of the truth. Or in the knowledge, having knowledge of our Lord. This is our objective. Mind, this is our determined purpose. But there are things that can prevent you. Okay? Or there are things that you can do to facilitate your ability to get to know Him more. Doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? Okay, so let's look at some of them in, in 2 Peter chapter 1. Okay, verse 8 is great. Then we'll go up once again. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.